bring the sound down. Always, always causes a little bit of a problem when you try to talk. Got that music going in the background. Background. Man. Baffa Chapo's been hanging out with me this morning. All morning long. By the last half hour, we've been chatting in the chat session. Been ready to go. D's here this morning, too. How's the sound, D? Does it sound okay? Hopefully it's sounding okay. <laughs> that music scared you. Forgot he was here. That's kind of morning. Mike, good morning. Happy Friday to everyone. Everyone rolling in. Rolling in on a Friday. Rainier, good morning. Good to see you guys all. Diaz. Morning to the crew. Again, like I tell you every day, this is a community. Diaz telling me the sound is okie dokie. That's good. That's good. For in case, like I said, in case you will listen to this later on the podcast, audio only format, you want the audio to be okay, not terrible. I don't know that I have an audio voice. I don't know if I've got a voice for radio. Maybe, uh, maybe so. I don't know. A voice for audio, maybe. So you got a face for audio. Face for radio, they say. I don't know. Let's let's get it going. Made it through. Yeah, I made it through the week. Mike, waiting for your comment to come across. Oh, technologies we got to deal with. I see. I see the comments Mike's making over there on on the YouTube, but they haven't hit the system yet. So there we go. Now we can throw them up on the screen. We did make it. We made it, Mike. To Friday. Freitag, as the Germans say, off in Deutschland. Friday's here. we got a Red Friday on. If you guys notice, this is an old an old Friday, Red Friday shirt. If you look, it's got the soldiers, troops in there. It's the same troops that are on our, our new Red Friday logo with troops are in the background. There. You can't really see them there. On the giant tumbler, you can kind of see them a little bit in there. They're in there running, taking care of her. Bounding Overwatch, that kind of stuff. Taking care of things overseas. That's why we wear red. Remember, everyone deployed. That's the Friday theme. A lot of times I get red all week long. Somewhere, some way, shape, or form. But we do have our Red Friday cup. These ones are from Arctic. We have the Arctic ones, and then we also have the Tervis ones. Tervis bigger ones. And then we have the gigantic ones. Ralph got one of the big gigantic ones for a trivia night one night. It's Red Friday. That's why we do Red Friday. Red Friday is remember everyone deployed. A lot of people still don't know that. Um, there's some cancer folks that do um, red at certain times of the year as well. Obviously, that's a good, worthwhile. Well, it's heart disease, I think. It's not cancer. I believe it's heart disease. My my mistake. I think it's heart disease. Um, we do Red Friday. Remember everyone deployed. Like I said, uh, Baffa Chapo hang out with me this morning. We were talking, talking as I was getting ready and just thinking about how we do this every day, how we go through this every day, and how we go out and search through the news, try to find everything. It takes a couple, it takes almost almost two hours in the morning to comb through the news, get everything set up, get the graphics set up, make sure I'm ready. There's a little bit of time in there to kind of mess around, check things out on YouTube, see what's going on in the world. Elections are coming up on us really quickly. Yeah, D, D get me. Making sure I'm staying correct. Uh, red for heart and pink for cancer. Yeah, the Susan Susan, King, Susan G. Coleman, I think, started pink. I, I'm not positive, but 
I think she may have started the pink. Now it's pretty much, that's the color, that's the color of cancer. Eric's there. Good morning, Eric. Hope all's going well. Almost got the entire, entire normal crew in. Yes, uh, wait for the, answer the question. It's on YouTube. It's not on the screen yet because, there we go. Takes that long to get over there. We do have Instagram. Um, indeed, what's the Instagram? Is it is it Cyber Recon Training 2? All one word? Is that what it is? The Insta. Pinktober. <laughs> it's pink, Pinktober. I guess pink. We had to do something pink. Um, Instagram. We do have Instagram. We have, uh, we have all the all the social social things. The Facebook. Uh, that's Cyber Recon Training. All one word. No hyphen. I think that's Instagram as well. I think those two are together. Um, yeah, Dee's building all of this stuff out. Um, we have, what is it? Twitter's out there too, right? We got Twitter. Um, obviously YouTube. Um, and there is a Discord channel, but Discord is slow to get taken off. So it's been, we don't spend a lot of time on Discord. Um, what else? Anything else, D? I'm forgetting? Anything else I'm forgetting on the on the social media? It's still being built, though. Yeah, D is saying that. It's still still being... Oh, and obviously, obviously, the uh, the iTunes podcast uh, on all those different platforms. What Ollie? I think it goes out to all of them. Amazon goes out to iTunes. I think iTunes is Apple Media Now or something like that. Uh, yeah. Gonna try to have, have a question. Yeah, you can always you always hit, hit us up. Um, is it cyber or X? Is there supposed to be an X in there? Or is that a mis typo? Oh, there we go. It's a typo. I'll put the one with a C in it. There we go. There's the Instagram cyber recon training. All one word, no hyphen. You know, we have to have the the cyber dash recon is the website. The cyber dash recon is the YouTube, but. Facebook didn't allow us to put the dash in there, so we had to use Cyber Recon Training. Someone, believe it or not, somebody went out there and got Cyber Recon before we could. Yeah, Dee's always coming through in the clutch. She got my back all the time. I would be lost, lost without her. That is for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd be lost. So what we got going on? Oh, it's talking about Bam Baffa Champo. Uh, Chapo, we... we this morning I was thinking about all you know all the stuff we do to get ready and make sure we're here make sure um, make sure we have the the news of the day for you guys and uh, I think you know it's just it was nice to have nice to have the chapo there this morning while we went through um, while we went through and just I was getting things to get getting things together it was nice to chat with him him or her I guess I'm assuming him it could be her so. Um, yeah, it was kind of nice. Yeah, there you go. You can always message us at info at cyber-recon.com. That'll get through to us, too. <laughs> um, okay. Since we're going, and we went out, we went out. Damn, my boy. Uh, okay. I, I was, a, you know, it's a bad assumption to make these days. Um, that was it, you know. You never know. So we've got going on today. Solar winds. I like solar winds. Solar winds got yes, good. It used to be they used to do network monitoring, network stuff. 
and they expanded. Now they do a whole ton of stuff, including uh, remote management of machines, RMM. Really, I think they're a really good company. They've got a good product. Um, they had an article out on zero trust. I don't, uh, it, it's, it's very surface level at best. Um, that's okay. I think we can talk. We need to talk about zero trust. Zero trust is coming. Zero trust is going to be the next buzzword in security. If it's not already a buzzword, probably already a buzzword. I don't know. So zero trust, uh, coming at us. So solar winds is talking to us about zero trust. Attackers are preying on people in teams, and of course, smart. The attackers always smart. I was give credit where credit's due. These attackers are smart. They've uh, they've got yet another social engineering technique for folks that are using teams. <laughs> this one, unless you protect your people, I think there's a very good chance they would fall victim to this one. And then obviously, if you looked at the the banner for today, you know. Our main story is we're talking about the life of maze ransomware the story that put put together today um i do have a couple couple extra stories uh we'll throw it we threw on the the popper we threw in the the backlog for you guys to read on your own we'll cover those as well um cyber attacks continuing and then an attack from cross-site scripting to tss um we'll talk about those too lots to talk about it's friday Friday, guys, we made it. We made it to the weekend. Oh man, wow! Yeah, the the crowd, the crowd goes wild everywhere. The crowd all around me, going wild. So let's throw the uh, intro in here. That gives me a time to move things around and get ready for the the really big shoe. So let's do the intro and we'll jump into the news. Do do do. Oh, disco. First up, Solar Winds. Solar Winds been around for a long time. Solar Winds been a long, been around for a long time. Um, this is a story by Info Security. Jump over here. We'll look at Info Security. Um, I'm gonna move my thing, but I can't move the thing. Uh, Info Security Online: The three key elements of zero trust. So, I guess the first thing, let's preface this, or preface this, by talking about zero trust. Um, if we think about it, it comes from the historical management of security. And historically, we built an environment, and we said, this is going to be our computing environment. I was gonna, this is going to be our computing environment. We have this area, and in this area, this is going to be our computers. Here's going to be our servers. Here's going to be our, our sensitive data like research or finance or whatever. Here's going to be um, the normal systems. And around the outside, we put this hard perimeter. We build firewalls and we build IDSs and IPS. We build this structure around the outside that makes it protected. And then there's kind of this soft, gooey center. Um, one of the things that we've done in the past, okay, let's start building segregation inside. So we walled the areas off, right? So we said that sensitive area where we have research and development, that sensitive area where we have finance, let's put another ring around that. We'll put some firewalls around that. And then we'll put any place, so we'll have these rings and then we'll separate networks. We'll separate finance from 
research and development. Now we've got separation, we've got things, but essentially still it's this hard shell. And then once the attacker gets inside, you'll see one of the favorite techniques they use. They'll land on a server, they'll exploit that machine. It could be a, a normal Windows you know, end user station too. And then they'll pivot. So they'll go from that machine to another machine inside and they can move around laterally pretty much as as, at the, as they want. They move around and then they'll hit maybe the, the you know this inside firewall that's going to protect R&D or finance from the rest of the company. But a lot of times they can use another exploited machine to get across that firewall. So Zero Trust is saying, okay, one of the problems we're having is the attacker attacks this machine here and they can use that credentials, that, that system to attack another machine. So they're moving laterally from machine to machine with some extended trust. So zero trust is saying, we're not gonna trust anyone anymore. No system will be trusted. And essentially you have to have a, a structure set up that says every machine is untrusted. And then when somebody, and, and, every, and, and every user is entrusted, untrusted, until they prove themselves. So the machines have to prove themselves and the, the users have to prove themselves. So it's gonna be, normally it's a combination of things that we, we've seen in the past, some type of credentialing, but also it's tied to things like location and device they're using and time of day. So it's a culmination of things. It's like, a, 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 it's like the indicators of compromise, but the other side, it's an indicator of trust that allows that person or that system to talk to another system. So we don't trust anything anymore. So before we had the hard shell and anything inside was pretty much trusted. Now we're saying that hard shell is not, doesn't matter so much and nothing is trusted. And it works perfect in our environment we have today where we've got distributed use workers and distributed users in this, this pandemic situation, because now under zero trust, you could go to Starbucks and work at Starbucks on their unsecured network and it doesn't matter because everything's untrusted and everything goes through the same methods of being secured before you can before you can before you can gain access to resources, printers, data, whatever. So that's where we're coming from from zero trust. So zero trust is on the horizon. It's moving to rapidly towards a lot of people. Um, it is, I guess it's you tell me, tell me in the show notes. You guys have been around. Tell me in the in the chat. You guys have been around. Have you heard zero trust? Is zero trust permeating? Is it is it percolating through the environments? Are you seeing leadership talking about zero trust? Are you seeing other security folks talking about zero trust and how it needs to? We need to move it forward. Move the goal goal goalposts. Move those goalposts towards zero trust. Want to know? So speaking during the Info Security Online event, uh, Manya Kuchel, Senior Product Marketing Manager for SolarWinds, outlined the three key elements to an effective zero trust approach to security within organizations, according to her. Uh, the first is risk assessment, which involves defining where your sensitive data is and who should access what. Yeah, agree. Yeah, first step in any of this is going to be risk assessment. Um, it's you know know your information, know your your know your resources, hardware and software, know where they're at. So sensitive data is a resource. And Mike's saying, Mike's saying talking about are you talking about it right now at work, um, or somewhere? 
or is it just talking right now in our in our talk? I don't know. Um, so yeah, first we gotta figure out where that data is at and who should have access to it. This is something no tool can do for you because it's an internal homework type of process, according to her. You really need to sit down and analyze your sensitive data. This can be done in a personal identity or department level, depending on the size of your company and the title structure. Uh, this should this should bring executive level managers and IT administration together. This needs to be a cross company approach. Feds are zero trust. Feds are zero trust. Makes that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and it's it's out in the the, the corporate in the corporate world. Uh, we're seeing a lot of movement towards zero trust. Um, the next step in zero trust process focuses on risk management. This includes defining access rights, taking into account identities and profiles, and the types of resources being accessed and level of access privilege. So she's on the right track. It's all about determining who or what is accessing data and what access is being data. It's like the old matrix of, you know, um, Bella Lepatio. You know, here's the data you want to get at. It's classified. You're classified. Let's mesh those together. And Bob's your uncle, right? <laughs> Are so dumb. So government is zero right now. <laughs> uh, users, users, uh, user communities. They used to say, used to the old mantra used to be, um, computing and computer security would be so much easier if it wasn't for the end user. So the third and final step, oh, oh let's jump, jump back to the second step. Uh, there are various tools that, you, that can help here, but the aim is to manage your risk situation and look into what you can do to limit access rights and limit access to information. And that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to determine you're only allowed to see this much stuff. These are the things and these, all the things are categorized. You're categorized with the level of access you can get. The data is also categorized, right? Um, you should de detect unusual security events whenever something is happening. A user is plugging in a USB, USB stick that's against the company's policy, for example. You and the user should be alerted. Administrators should then be able to respond to such actions or even block or allow these actions, not only seeing it, but being able to prevent things from happening. Of course. That's the third step, and it centers around containment, detecting, monitoring, and responding to incidents. Um, yeah. Yeah, it depends on the agency. Oh, of course, of course, different, 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 different organizations, different agencies, different. Yeah, it's all different. Um, but I understand. I get where you're coming from. Makes perfect sense. So that's the big thing. And, and she draws out the most salient points about zero trust. Zero trust really is about the data, because that's what we're worried about now. We're not so much worried about the hardware. And sometimes the hardware doesn't even exist. It's out in the cloud somewhere in Amazon. So we're worried about the data and the user. So what can we put, what can we put together? And we're using some of those um, you know, old mandatory access control rules that we talked about, you know, in your CISSP training, but nobody saw them except for the intelligence, the intelligence community. Nobody really saw you know, that mandatory access control, unless you got in the intelligence community where we said, hey, here, these documents are all 
move my hand. These documents are all classified at a certain level. I'm going to move back over to this one. These documents are all classified at a certain level, and these people all have these certain classification access rights, and we can mesh them together in that, that lattice, that matrix. That's kind of the same thing. We're kind of talking the same thing, but we're not calling it mandatory access control because it's not necessarily exactly the same. So there are things we talk about here that are, you know, this, this could be access to a printer, right? Um, could be access to, like they're saying in the article, access to use a thumb drive. That could be the thing that we're talking about here. So it's zero trust that the user goes in with zero trust. The machines go in with zero trust. Nobody trusts anything until it's proven. And it can be proven. There's one thing I don't talk about in this article. The, the ways that things are being, being proven are, are not your normal, you know, multi-factor authentication user ID and password. Now it can be a combination of things. Now we want to see things in in culmination. Culmination? In in we're gonna we're gonna combine things. Whatever that dang word is. We're gonna combine things and that's gonna be how we prove you are who you are. Or a machine is what it it's claims to be. So we can look at things like, you know, this the traditional user ID password or multi-factor authentication. We can look at things like what machine you're using. Does it have the right software loaded on it? We can use your location. We can use time of day. We can use a number of factors. And we put them together and we say, does this look normal? And should this person be accessing the data? And we should do the same thing with the machine. Is the machine Does the machine look right? Does it have the right patches? Does it have the right software? Um, these are the things we look at. Zero trust is coming at us. And it's much bigger than that. It's, it's, that's, the, that's the glancing blow on the top of, of zero trust. But it is, it's looking at systems and users in a, in a new way. No longer will a system, just because it's inside the network, be considered secure or trusted. And we think about this, you know, think about so many attacks have been made when somebody was able to get inside and put a thumb drive into a machine or plug into a network jack in the conference room or something like that. Those don't, those don't matter anymore. And it really doesn't matter if you're logging in from an insecure wireless access point at Starbucks or from inside the corporate LAN. All systems are treated the same. They're all untrusted. Reminds me of uh, Gunnery Sar Sergeant Hartman from, from Full, Full Metal Jacket, right? You're all equally worthless in my eyes, right? That's, that's what he says. Drill sergeants are always funny. I guess he's a drill, technically a drill, Marine Corps. It's a drill instructor. We had drill sergeants in the Army. Um, but that's what you say. That's what we're saying to the machine. The machine and the user is like, you are all equally untrusted in my eyes. Prove yourself. And that's what, what, what she's saying here. So that's that's solar winds. And it's pretty, I mean, it's a it's a decent rundown. It's good. It's a short read. Um, something you should put in your back pocket. If you're, you're doing it already, you're probably already there. Um, but zero trust is coming. It makes a lot of sense, especially in this distributed world we're living in. Um, and with this stuff like ransomware, we're gonna talk about later. Microsoft, you almost did it. Almost did it, dude. Almost. I told you, this was gonna be the week of Microsoft. Four out of five days, we had Microsoft stories. Yesterday, we didn't have one. I should have went out and just found something silly on Microsoft and, and used it so we could have a week of Microsoft in the news. Didn't make it, though. Didn't make it. So this one, of course, we had good and bad from Microsoft. SC Media, 
SC Media is coming at you. Attackers prey on Microsoft Teams to steal credentials. This is a new phishing attack that impersonates an automated communication message from Microsoft Teams to steal corporate users' login credentials. And Teams, Teams is like a messaging service. If you don't know Teams, um, it's, it's an instant messaging service um, like Jabber or like Slack, something like that. It's built by Microsoft. It's built into some, some organizations have it built in. And it allows people to talk back and forth, um, share information really fast, faster than email, essentially. So new phishing, it impersonates communications from the team's corporate uh, corporate environment, from the automated messages, and uh, that's what they're logging on. Like this company's name, Abnormal Security. And look those guys up. I don't know. Um, I bet they're out here in D.C. somewhere. Disclose the attack method today in a blog. And they maintain that Microsoft Teams has become a popular communication tool, particularly during pandemic, making it attractive, an attractive brand for attackers to impersonate. And that makes sense because I think if you're a big enough organization, you just get Teams free. You just use Teams and you can get away from, you know, it doesn't necessarily totally replace things like WebEx, but you can certainly do great things. So here's how it works. The email guest, the, the victim, um, is going to be sent a message. Uh, email gets sent from the display name in the subject header, new activity in Teams, making it appear the automated notification from Microsoft Teams. That's how you're getting a notification. It then notifies the user that their teammates are trying to reach them and urges the re recipient to click on the reply in Teams. And that's that's the leading them to the phishing page. And we see this all the time. And a lot of people get in the habit of doing this. They, there's a message, there's a chat going on, it pops up an email, hey, this com conversation's going on, there's new activity, something, and it's got that link right there. And they're saying that this message is branded to look, you know, it's not hard to do. They brand it just look, to look exactly like a Teams message, right? So the user is going to pop up. Within the body, there's an email that contains three links, um, and these are the lure. They say Microsoft Teams, and it's contact sent a message in instant messenger and the contact is whoever whatever random name they pull um, and reply in teams clicking on any of these links leads to, to a fake website that impersonates the microsoft logon page the phishing page then asks the user to enter their email and password and obviously that's what that's where the hook is that's the hook if they can get them to enter their username and password that's the bad thing. Okay, NSA. According to Abnormal Security Blog, corporate users are more likely to fall prey to this kind of attack when they believe it originates from within the company and also from a trusted brand like Microsoft Teams. Yeah. And because Microsoft Teams also functions as an instant messaging service, users are more apt to click and respond quickly whenever they see messages they think have been missed based on the notification. The link and landing page look convincingly like the Microsoft logon page, and they start with a URL containing Microsoft Teams. But you know, M-I-C-R-O-S-F-T, Teams. Not the first time Teams has been targeted. 
Abnormal security reported similar technique in May. I just, I'm telling you, knowing users, and this is what we talk about, right? Know your users, train your users. They're gonna need to know this. If you can put technical implementations in place, do that. One of the things I know a lot of organizations do is any mail coming from outside the organization gets branded with a big old text or logo or something that says, warning, this email is coming from outside the organization. Teams messages should be coming from inside the organization in most cases, right? Um, but that might, I mean, if you're a smaller organization, your teams may be hosted on a third-party provider. So that might not work for you. Biggest thing is training the users. Look for these things. This, I tell you, this, this is a good one. It's a good one. It's just, hey, hey, you got a message. Click the link, and that's the end users normally not going to go open Teams, look for the message. They're going to go, oh, I'm just going to, I'll, I'll be taken right to the message. Then they get a pop-up box, and it's going to say, log in. And I bet a quarter of the users are just going to happily type their credentials in there. So a couple a couple things you can do, right? Obviously, what they're trying to do, uh, they want the user to, to log in to this fake page and get the user credentials. And then they can log onto the network. A couple things. If we can brand out email from outside that says it's coming from outside, train your end users on phishing. Let them know that phishing is out there. Let them know about attacks like this. Let them know, hey, something's going on. Maybe you got the ability to send a, a small blast out every day. Hey, here's what we're seeing today. Hey, we've seen phishing, phishing attempts coming from Microsoft Teams. Look out for that. Be aware. Be warned, right, that it's coming. Uh, run, mal run malware tools, run defense in depth, right? That's all important. Training users is probably the biggest one on this one. Train your end users. Train to make sure that, you know, what does the team's message look like? Make sure they know, here's how you tell a real team's message from a fake team's message. But I think, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a good, good old attack, folks. Wow. I disappeared behind maze is, is huge today. Apparently, I've, let's get that the right size. So maze ransomware. You guys know, these are, this is the corporate, this is the corporate entity. This, I'm telling you, these guys work like a corporation. And this, this little story today is going to tell you a little bit more about kind of how they work, what's going on with them. Just, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's just scary, right? The life of Maze this is from Kapersky. So obviously when we get to the bottom of this thing, Kapersky is going to say one of the ways you can protect yourself is by using Kaspersky products to to run anti-malware, anti which, you know, you know, if you're in the government, you're not using Kaspersky, I tell you that right now. Kaspersky, Russian company, of course. So we're going to show the progression of Maze from where it started to where it's at today in this, this article. It's a pretty good article. In the past year, Maze ransomware has become one of the most notorious malware families threatening businesses and large organizations. Dozens of organizations have fallen victim to this vile malware, including LG, Southwire, and the city of Pensacola. Pensacola, Florida, say it's not true. 
History of the Ransomware began in the first half of 2019. Didn't have any distinct branding. Uh, the ransom note included the title 0010 System Failure 0010 and referenced by researchers simply as Cha-Cha Ransomware. There's what it kind of looks like. I mean, look at look at that. Look at look at that. Not very not very catchy. I want you to remember this though. Look at this this screen. This is the ransom note. This is the early version of, of Cha Cha ransomware maze. What becomes maze? Um, shortly afterward, shortly afterwards, the new version of this Trojan started calling themselves Maze, using. Uh, the relevantly named website for the victims instead of the ger generic email address shown in the screenshot above. So yeah, this this you know airmail.cc. Get my files back at yeah. So they got rid of that. They got rid of this, and now it looks like this. Don't tell me that. That's a corporate move right there. That's branding. That's logo. That's that's all the stuff. That's that's the things we see a corporation do. They go from this to this. That's like somebody from marketing came in and said, okay, you need a logo. You need to clean your website up. It needs to look better. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So yeah, now they've now they've got now they're maze. They have now become maze. They, they went from cha-cha to maze. Um, so the mass campaigns begin. The distribution of the tactic of maze ransomware initially involved infections by exploit kits, uh, Fallout, EK, uh, Splenevo, EK, as well as via spam with malicious attachments. Below is an example of one of these malicious spam messages containing a Microsoft Word document with a macro that's intended to be downloaded uh, and download the maze payload. So yeah, it's, uh, it's not uh, not in English. So I'm not, uh, says something in there, you know, I don't know what's going on, but Maybe you guys understand it, but there's an email message. If the recipient opens the attached document, they will be prompted to enable the embedding mode and then enable content. If they fall for that, the malicious code contained inside the document will execute, which in turn will turn the victim's PC will, will become infected with maze. And how many of your, how many of your users, how many of the users you have you deal with at work Look at this. We'll go. Yeah, warning, warning. Some uh, active content has been disabled. Wow, wow. Well, let me see what that that content is, and they're gonna click this link. Clickety click, clickety clack, clickety clack, and then away you go. Maze is on their system. So again, user education. I know you know it's probably not as prevalent as it used to be, but if they you know, there's there's craziness. People love love to click buttons. There's a button to click right there. Some active content has been disabled. Click for more details. Come then, user, I wonder what cool active content has been disabled. There must be something cool here. Let me click that. So then becomes the tailored approach. In addition to these typical infection vectors, the threat actors behind maze ransomware began targeting corporations and municipal organizations in order to maximize the amount of money extorted. The initial compromise mechanism, subsequent tactics vary. Some involve spear phishing campaigns that installed Cobalt Strike, remote access tool, while other cases, the network breach, 
was the result of exploiting a vulnerable internet-facing service, Citrix, Netscaler, Pulse Secure, VPN, the things we talk about in our three, right? Secure your RDP sessions on the internet. Don't have them on the internet, right? Secure them with something. Put them behind a VPN. Make sure those VPNs and all your devices are patched and updated. And then um, train your end users, right? Yeah. Privilege escalation, reconnaissance, lateral movement tactics all attend to differ case by case. During these stages, the use of the following tools have been observed. Uh, Mimikatz, proxy dump, cobalt strike, advanced IP can scanner, bloodhound, power exploit, and others. If you'll notice, those are all either commercial tools that you can pay for or just stuff you can download for zero dollars free 99 from the internet during the intermediate stages threat actors attempt to identify valuable data stored on the servers and workstations on the compromised networks they will then exfiltrate the confidential files in order to leverage them uh, when negotiating the size of ransom and this is what we talked about right this is that two-pronged attack we're going to say hey uh, i've encrypted your files which I ha they haven't done yet if you look, they have not encrypted the files yet. They, they're pulling the files off so they can have that second prong of attack. If you don't pay, not only do you not get your files decrypted, but I'm going to release this sensitive data to the dark web or later to the Internet. The final stage of the intrusion, the malicious operators will install the maze ransomware executable onto the machines they can access. Uh, the result is encryption of the victim's valuable uh, data and finalizes the attack. So that's the that's that's the attack. They got on the box, they looked around, they found the data they want, they pulled the data they want off, they encrypted the drive, and now you get the cool letter that you, nobody wants to get. Maze ransomware is one of the first ransomware families that threatened the victim's confidential data if they refused to cooperate. In fact, this made Maze something of a trendsetter because this approach to turn out turned out to be so lucrative, other criminals for other criminals, now it's become standard for several notorious ransomware gangs. Revel, Doppelpamer, um, Netfilm, Ragnar Locker Snatch, GS Worm. All these folks are using that same thing. So authors of Maze Ransomware maintain a website where they list the recent victims and publish partial or full dump of the documents they have managed to exfiltrate. So, it's, you know, here's someone new. Uh, only 1% is published. They must be still in the hopper to pay their pay their ransomware um, crazy the other thing Maze did and you remember we talked about this months ago when they first did this in June of 2020 the criminals behind Maze teamed up with two other actor groups uh, Lockbit and Ragnar Locker and essentially forming a ransomware cartel they all use the same they're using the same Maze website uh, on the dark web to dump their information so now not only do you go to that site you get the Maze information but you can get Lockbit and Ragnar Locker's information as well. So informing the, this ransomware cartel, the data stolen by these groups gets published on the blog maintained by the maze operators. So again, tell me this is not the traits of an organization, of a, a, a fully functional business. Let's update our logo. Let's get straight. Let's partner with other organizations. One thing they don't talk about here is... Now they're not trying to exploit networks themselves. Now they'll just buy access. They'll find somebody else that has exploited a network and they'll just buy access. So that's missing from this list, but good list so far. 
So Maze Ransomware, this is a brief technical overview, and I'm not going to go into the full depths of this thing, but it's typically distributed as a PE binary, an EXE or a DLL, executable or a dynamic link library, depending on the specific scenario, which is developed in C or C++ and obfuscated by a custom protector. It employs various tricks to hinder a static analysis, including dynamic API function imports, control flow obfuscation using conditional jumps, replacing RET with JMP, um, DWORD, uh, PTR, um, replacing call with push and a jump and several other techniques. So it's, it's, it's coded fairly well. And we they, they talked about a lot of the different um, programming techniques. Some of these ransomware folks use some is very, very basic. This is a little more advanced. So, um, so cryptographic details this thing. It encrypts the content of the victim files with a Trojan, securely generating unique keys and nonce values um, using the cha-cha stream cipher. Cha-cha keys and nonce um, values are encrypted in the session public RSA 2048 key. That's a big key size, guys. Which is generated when the malware is launched. The session private 2048 key is encrypted um, with the master RSA 2048 key and hard-coded in the tro Trojan's body. So the scheme's pretty, pretty complex the way they set it up. The scheme is variation of the more or less typically used by developers of modern ransomware. It allows the operators to keep the same master private RSA key while selling decryptors for each individual victim. It also ensures that the decryptor purchased by one victim won't help another one in any other way. So when executing on a uh, machine, Maze Ransomware will also attempt to determine what kind of PC is infected and to distinguish between different types, like a backup server, a domain controller, or a standalone server, so that when it writes its little letter, we know that your computer is a, and then it'll pull out, it's a standalone server, a server in a corporate network, backup server, primary domain controller. Um, pretty good, though. I mean, it's, it's again, something you would see in corporate marketing. You know, if you're, you're, if you're managing your mailing list, right? If you're at a company, you're managing your mailing list, you build that thing where you're going to mail merge the user's names in. Dear, and it's going to be like first name, last name, and it's going to pull that from a database. That's what they're doing here. They're customizing the message. They're not just saying a random message. Hey, your machine's been compromised. Your files have been updated. They're saying, hey, we know this is a domain controller. We know this is a primary domain controller. We know this is a standalone server. Here's what we've done to it. So they're customizing a little bit. So here's your avoid and prevent. Here's what they're going to say. Keep your OS and application patched and up to date. Train all your employees on best practices. Use only secure technologies for remote company or remote connection in a company local network. Those are the three we always talk about, right? Don't have RDP connections open on any untrusted network. Patch and secure all of your equipment, including your VPNs, which is critically ex exploited by these guys. And train your end users. That's the three they're talking about here. The one they threw, the ones that are, you know, update your endpoint with behavior detection and automatic file rollback um, and install the latest threat intelligence information to detect and quickly understand that, you know, that's their stuff. Four and five is here. We're selling you some stuff if you want. They're not specifically selling it, but they've they've got your links to Kapersky and uh, endpoint security and, and threat intelligence. They do include 
down on the bottom here, the IOCs, if you want to load those into your threat intel and IPS IDS systems. And then here is your attack with the MITRE attack framework. Nice that they included that. Cool on you. I always like that when that's that's in there. What do you guys think of Maze? What are your thoughts on Maze? These guys are pretty uh, pretty advanced. I think they're operating like an organization. I think they operate like a corporate organization, like a commercial entity. That's the way they they seem to be working. Oh, running low on the Illy coffee this morning, guys. Today today is you need your you need your you need your uh, your, your water cooler. Do you know what's what is today? What weird holiday is today? Well, today is Mole Day. And you might be like, hey, why, why is that mole all dressed up like a doctor, like a chemist? Um, this one have it. There's a link in your show notes to this webpage here. Molezilla is their theme this year. Mole Day celebrated annually on October 23rd from 6.02 a.m. to 6.02 p.m. Mole Day commemorates the this guy. This guy, read it there. His number. 6.2 times 10 to the 23rd. What's the basic measure? Measuring unit in chemistry. Mole Day was created as a way to foster interest in chemistry, schools throughout the United States and around the world celebrate Mole Day with various activities related to chemistry and or moles. I don't know, maybe something, something, this might be something new in school. I don't remember Mole Day ever being celebrated. Um, the other one, this is from the Holiday Insights page. Uh, some chemistry buffs. Uh, to thoroughly enjoy National Bowl Day, must one, one must first understand what a mole is in chemistry. A mole is a basic measuring unit. It equals the atomic mass of a single molecule, and it's measured in grams. This measurement was discovered by this Italian guy, Amadio Vigerio um, Durio. That's why I didn't try to say it. Chemistry teachers celebrate this day by getting more interested in chemistry, getting kids more interested in chemistry. They create a special lesson and lab that experiments around the theme of chemical measurements. So yeah, it's the number 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd, which is October 23rd, 10-23. That's why we do it. Um, can't can't say the guy's name, but thanks, Italian dude. Brought us Mole Day. So if you hear Mole Day today, if you want to talk about Mole Day, um, you'll know it's not a mole. It's not the guy that lives in the ground that everybody wants to think it is. It's got to do with chemistry. It's the weight of one molecule. 10.02, that's why, or 6.02. That's why you celebrate from 6.02 in the morning till 6.02 in the afternoon, in the evening. That's the 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd power. That's your rundown. That's what's going on, guys. That's the that's the rundown. If you do like the show, share it with your friends. Obviously, get the big thumbs up. We'd love to get the big thumbs up. That always makes us feel good. We get the big thumbs up. Hit the hit the the, the subscribe over there. I know Mako Mako has not fully updated that yet. The little Cyber Recon logo will be updated. Get that update. Hit that subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell to be notified we go live. Go live every single morning at 7.30 a.m. East Coast time. Talk about the news of the day. 
I get up early to, to scour the news to try to find you these days and get you something to talk about at the water cooler. That's probably across the web WebEx nowadays. Um, it's available in audio-only format on all your podcast channels. On Amazon, on iTunes, whatever iTunes is now. All that stuff. Uh, it is for Red Friday. Uh, support support those folks that are deployed downrange. Always, always good to see you guys. Good showing this morning. Good chatting with you. Baffa Chapo this morning. It was awesome to talk to you. Um, check out the Facebook site. Check out Instagram. Cyber Recon Training. All one word. Let me find. Uh... Yeah, we're not right. We don't. We don't. Yeah, D's right. We don't. Only 730 on the weekdays. Yeah, weekends. I sleep in all the way till, I don't know, seven or something. Let's see. Here we go. Cyber Recon Training. All one word on Facebook. All one word on Instagram. Um, check out the RMF videos. They're coming out fast and furious. We're almost all the way through the uh, prepare step of the new RMF. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. The RMF course is up and running. Those students are doing great. You can always still join that that group and, and catch up with the live sessions we do every Monday. Um, what else? Am I missing anything else? Am I missing, am I missing anything else? You can get your swag at cyber-recon.com, front slash swag, if you want your cool red coffee cups or other colors, too, or T-shirts. I don't think I'm missing anything. I think we're rounding out the day. Guys, take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers. Take care of each other. This is a community we're trying to grow. We're trying to grow a community of people that can take care of each other, can help each other out. Um, that's, the, that's the big deal. That's the big deal we want to do. We want to take care of, take care of each other. Um, go to work, take care of your organizations. The, I haven't seen the Bravos here. I think he's got, I don't know if they both have Friday off or just he's got Friday off. Go get some. Uh, until, until Monday, I'm not going to say tomorrow. Until, until Monday, 730 uh, take care of each other. Have a good weekend. Enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy, enjoy what you got going. Hopefully, you got good stuff going. And we'll see you Monday morning, bright and early.